Welcome to the Community Safety Web Podcast, where we talk about creating safe communities through collaboration between the police, private security, criminologists, and the public to develop and evaluate evidence-based policy to guide safety decisions. The Community Safety Web Podcast is brought to you by the Policing, Security, Technology, and Private Security Research Policy Institute and is co-hosted by Brian Stevens and Daryl Stevens. Thanks for joining us for our first episode. We'll be talking about the establishment of the Florida State University Policing, Security Technology, and Private Security Research Policy Institute in the College of Criminology and Criminal Justice, which we will refer to as the Institute. We hope this podcast will become an ongoing forum to discuss, debate, and explore the wide variety of issues and topics facing this industry. We will also regularly bring in national and globally recognized thought leaders to share their unique perspectives. Brian and I serve as the co-directors of the Institute, which is part of the Center for Criminology and Public Policy Research. I've been involved in policing since 1968 when I started my career as a police officer in the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. I served as chief in four police departments and executive director for the Police Executive Research Forum and the Major City Chiefs Association. In addition, I served as city administrator for two years and on the Faculty of Public Safety Leadership Program at Johns Hopkins University for five years. Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us for our first podcast. I'm Brian Stevens. And as the son of Daryl Stevens, I feel like I've been a part of this industry for my entire life. I formally joined it when I was at school at Florida State, and I had the opportunity to work for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and spent about seven years there before I had the opportunity to work in corporate security at Bank of America. I started there uh, shortly before September 11th, 2001, which of course, in many ways, changed the world, but it certainly drastically changed private security and the expectations of those functions in large corporations around the globe. I ultimately became the chief security officer for the bank and over the 20 years there had the fortune to help create what became one of the uh, finest private security organizations in the world. In addition to being the co-director of this institute, I also serve as the senior managing director of risk advisory services at Teneo, a global CEO advisory firm. The institute is created from the vision of the dean, Dr. Tom Lomberg, as well as George Pesta, who leads the Center for Criminology and Public Policy Research. And we're grateful for their vision, as well as allowing us to be a part of it. Our mission is to be a national leader in research aimed at developing evidence-based policy for policing, security technology, and private security. To provide executive education and training for public and private security professionals. To be recognized thought leader in partnerships between private security and the police and to provide educational opportunities for the Florida State University College of Criminology and Criminal Justice students. Brian, the Institute focuses on policing, security technology, and private security. Any one of those topics could stand alone. Why the combination? We think that combining those areas is really reflective of the dynamic security and safety challenges, both the public and communities, as well as corporate security industries face as a whole. We also recognize that private security is playing a larger and larger role in community safety efforts. 
a big part of that, like every other part of our lives, is, is technology. Security technology has become a major factor in enhancing security responses for both private and public institutions. And it really is changing the way that both of these types of organizations carry out their, their mission. These technologies have the potential to, and in many cases have, fundamentally changed the way security and safety organizations operate. In addition to security technology, there are some other challenges that police face today. We're very connected as a society. We always have access to our devices. We always know when breaking news occurs. We always have instant access to information. Communities are largely now expecting that of their, their police as well. That really has created an enhanced expectation for transparency and understanding of, of how the police are carrying out their important mission. And the police are also increasingly recognizing the importance of relationships with private security partners and really establishing proactive problem-solving partnerships. Let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges in all the areas that the Institute hopes to focus on. Why don't you start us with policing? Okay. Probably the, the number one challenge for policing now and has been for a few years is trust and confidence. That's, uh, to me, the most important. The Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson, Missouri, exposed significant gaps in confidence between African-Americans and whites in 2015. George Floyd's death at the head of, hands of Minneapolis police had an enormous impact on police across the country. Polls indicate some progress in regaining that trust, but there's a long way to go before we can expect to close that gap. Recruiting and retention of officers has also impacted the level of services that police departments can provide. A 2021 survey by the Police Executive Research Forum found that agencies with more than 500 officers lost more than 3% of their officers and they experienced a 36% reduction in their hiring. COVID's had an impact as well, significant challenge for providing services while police officers become exposed to the COVID virus. In 2021, there were 301 COVID-related officer deaths. The number of, of officers just has been out with the Omicron virus uh, ranges to three to 400 in each of the large departments across the country. Facing that challenge is an enormous one for them to provide service. Homicides and aggravated assaults have increased significantly over the past two years, created significant challenges with the number of deaths that our communities are experiencing. And the combined with the decline in officers' availability, that challenge has become even greater. And we have proposals for police reform, additional training, new programs, and policies that have been very challenged for police while dealing with increased workload demands and fewer services. There's also been a sharp uptick in officer deaths. In 2021, there were 61 officers killed by firearms, which is almost over two times more than it was the year before. And 19 of those 61 were ambushes, which just someone killing a police officer because they were a police officer. The Institute hopes to contribute to developing evidence-based policy and practice to help meet these challenges through partnerships with agencies and the private security industry. Brian, what are some of the, the challenges that you see in the private security world? There are certainly no shortage of those, but now more than ever, companies and institutions, they're turning to their security, safety, and resiliency functions to help them navigate 
the myriad of threats and potential disruptions that they're facing in today's environment. The need for truly transformational private security programs and capabilities has never been greater. You know, there was a time when private security was really thought about as guards, gates, and, and guns, and that is just not sufficient or even acceptable to meet the needs of the challenges that today's companies and institutions face. Similar to policing, because these functions have become so important and, and widely recognized, the demand for professionals to contribute to them has become very high. So very much like policing, private security is facing a true challenge with retention, recruitment of talent within the security industry, which I believe we'll have the, the opportunity to speak about in a future episode. What about the security technology side? So as we referenced, the policing and private security have really come to the realization over the last couple of years that everything they do has to be intelligence-driven and prevention-focused. And they have turned to technology solutions to help them get there. You think about the analytical capabilities that have been enhanced by software that helps proactively identify threats, really improves the efficiency and effectiveness of mitigation resources and how they address those ever-evolving threats. When you think about even things like video and surveillance, the advancements in that space has been tremendous over the past couple of years. When you look at the variety of tools that are out there now with body-worn cameras, in-car in cameras, the proliferation of, of, of drones, and the intelligence that is behind them. So you think about the artificial intelligence that has been deployed in these devices and the analytics in these devices that really automate a lot of the functions that we have to have people doing. So identifying threats, identifying packages left behind, being able to identify people, all those types of things can become tremendously powerful. However, that pace of change is, is changing every day very rapidly. And we're asking many times police leaders to make massive technology decisions with very, very high price tags. In many cases, they don't have that background and they don't have a well-thought-out strategic technology roadmap to, to help them. And they don't have the partners at times to allow them to, to make those types of, of decisions. You know, I think that the, the relationship between public and private security has always been, has been good, but I think we have found that it is often uncoordinated, it's sporadic, um, and it's very often incident-driven. And so we think that through some unbiased third-party research and some dialogue around these many challenges, we think that the Institute can make some really impactful, important contributions to encourage these partnerships and conduct uh, research to support evidence-based solutions. That brings us to the conclusion of this episode. Ryan, any final thoughts before we, we close out? Thanks for, for this. We appreciate everyone joining us and we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback about this broadcast and, and probably even more importantly, any topics that you'd like for us to address or guests that you'd like to hear from as well, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks. We are excited about the opportunity to improving community safety through the work of the Policing Security Technology and Private Security Research and Policy Institute and our partners. We hope that you'll join us next time where we will discuss the challenges with recruiting for police and private security industry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Community Safety Web Podcast. We want to thank our colleagues at the FSU College of Criminology and Criminal Justice, Dr. Tom Blomberg, Dr. George Pesta, and Natalie Edwards-Heller for their support and assistance in producing the Community Safety Podcast.